Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy's Guy Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Friday, January the 7th, 2022. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, we are digging into my personal training and nutrition for the start of the new year which admittedly is probably the most boring uh, podcast that I do, but a lot of you have asked for it, you inquire about it, there's a lot of details you want to know. I probably get no less than a thousand questions per year pertaining to what my training looks like behind the scenes, what the eating looks like, uh, how tall I am, how much I weigh, these really random things that turn into Google searches now, uh, which humbled, but very odd. And uh, I'm here to answer all of those. If it helps any of you um, understand what I do behind the scenes and kind of paint a picture, what's realistic for you, what isn't, what uh, you should be looking for in terms of goals, I'll kind of break everything down in detail today. Quick reminders, though, before I kick off, uh, I do have Colleen Posh, oh, Colleen Posh, I can't even talk today, Colleen Fosh coming on the podcast uh, on Sunday. January the 9th. We'll wrap with her. That'll be a great episode if you guys are looking to uh, just understand about training uh, post-injury, shifting goals, kind of moving through different stages of life, and just hearing her take um, of being an elite athlete for well over uh, a decade now. And also, if you happen to be on uh, Apple Podcasts, if you guys have an iPhone, and or if you're listening on Spotify, you can now do uh, reviews on Spotify. Uh, pause the podcast for a second. Drop us a five-star, leave a comment. If you're on Apple Podcasts, just scroll your finger all the way down. We'd appreciate it. Any thoughts you have, I love reading them. I know Heather likes the feedback, uh, keeps her motivated um, to keep coming on so I don't have to drag her on. She's a willing participant at this point. And again, if you're on Spotify, you can just drop it a five-star too because they exist there now as well. And I thank you guys, as always, in advance. And you already know where we go from here. This podcast is brought to you by... My homie's at Athletic Greens, the one thing I take every single day. Obviously, it's cold and flu season. There's a lot of shit uh, in the air. People are catching and can't control a lot of that, but you can control the things you put into your body. And you do have a huge say in your immune system. And I believe in this so much. I talk about it almost on the daily, and I do take it 365. And I have for, I believe, five years in a row now. Uh, I've been taking Athletic Greens every single day. It's hard to eat enough fruits and vegetables, let's be real. Uh, I struggle with it, uh, eating only, you know, typically once per day. It's hard to eat 10 to 12 servings of fruits and veggies at one time. I'd become a fart monster. I'd never get to have sex, and that would just make my life miserable. So I eat the veggies I can, and I supplement with Athletic Greens in between there. 75 whole food ingredients. There's a probiotic in there. There's a digestive enzyme as well. It's the best tasting greens on the planet by far. It's not even close. And if you guys want to check it out, we'll give you a year supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. The site is athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott. Or if you want a free sample pack, hit me up on the contact page on the website, email, uh, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you guys are listening or watching this. Reach out to us. I'll have Monica send you a pack right to your front door for free to try it. And then if you like it, you can get hooked up with all the free stuff from there. Anybody else doing that? No, but I'm crazy here and I give a shit about you guys and I want to help you and make the barrier for entry as easy as possible. And I want you to like the taste. Is it a milkshake? No, 
but it literally is the easiest thing to drink that is amazing for your body. So again, the site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott to get hooked up or reach out to us. We'll get you the sample pack for free. Also brought to you by our friends at Dry Farms Wine. The site is dryfarmswines.com slash Jeremy Scott Fitness. You can order some wine and you get another bottle for a penny. How badass is that? It's organic. It is lower alcohol. It is sugar-free. They do not have any toxic additives because the FDA allows these wines to add up to 76 added, basically, nonsense things into your wine that do not exist there. Dry Farms has the strictest of standards. They are lower on the sulfites. It's just a better option for you if you're going to drink. Heather loves it. That's how we partner with them. Again, the site, dryfarmwines.com, slash Jeremy Scott Fitness. Order wine and get the next bottle for a penny. Awesome for a gift. And if you're going to drink booze, why not do it the best way possible? Next, our friends at Beam. Beam CBD. The site, beamtlc.com. The code Jeremy Scott gets you 20% off all products, 35% off all subscriptions, which is a smoking deal. I take the Dream product about five or six nights to go to sleep. There's CBD in there. There is melatonin in there. No THC will not get you high. You will not fail a drug test, but it will help you get to sleep and more importantly, stay asleep. They have a ton of products on there. We've had Matt and Kevin, the founders on the podcast. We've known them for a long time now. Great guys, great company. Uh, I believe in what they do and it helps me sleep. And if, if you know anything about recovery, sleep is, you know, where you make the money, uh, if you will. So if you guys want to check it out, uh, I do think I have free beam samples here of the dream product as well. So if you want to try those, I'll send you a handful to try for a couple nights, see if it helps you sleep. And if it does get hooked up with all the free stuff from there, beamtlc.com code Jeremy Scott to get all of the discounts. And we're brought to you by my friends at sleeves sold separately. This is BJ Gador's company that he started in terms of all gear, shorts, pants, hoodies, shirts, you name it. If you watch our videos and you see the pants I'm wearing 99% of the time, they're from sleeves sold separately. They're the most comfortable, they're durable, you can beat the shit out of them, you can wear them every single day, and they're going to stand the test of time. It takes me usually a couple of years to uh, kind of wear pants out, and when they rip, they rip in the crotch. I don't know if that's too much information, but that's the reality. Uh, but I wear them a ton. I exercise in them. They're great to travel in. They're my favorite. Uh, he calls them joggers. They're my favorite, uh, or does he call them joggers? Maybe I call them joggers. Uh, maybe he calls them trainers. Uh, I love them either way. And the hoodies are awesome. I'm wearing one right now if you're watching on YouTube. And the t-shirts are really next level. You can train them. You can wear them uh, even out to dinner. They look and feel that nice. Uh, I'll start popping those in some videos here soon. But the point, you want to use the code JSCOTT15 for 15% off. And the website is sleevessoldseparately.com. I'm actually going to send out a bunch of other promo stuff from there, but uh, I wanted to give that a plug. And I actually have, he actually has candles on the site. This one's called Sugar Man. If you can see me on YouTube right now, it is the best smelling candle on earth. I'm not just saying that to gas him up. I actually told him and his wife that, and they're currently sold out of these candles. And uh, I'm not like a huge candle person, but I do light them during the podcast. And when I'm in here, especially during the colder in parentheses months in Scottsdale, they do smell awesome. So if you want to check it out, any of the gear that I'm wearing, sleevesoldseparately.com, and you can use the code JSCOTT15 for 15% off. And last but not least, we are talking about my friends at JLab Pro. 
jeremyscottfitness.jlabpro.com for our protein, turmeric, collagen, and our krill oils. We do have a free supplement guide as well, listing all these things out in detail. We always have a discount on the protein, the eustevia in it. It's easy on the stomach. Also, the collagen, we always have a discount as well. And periodically, we have discounts on everything on the site. I've known Jay for like a decade. He's a registered dietitian, knows his stuff, cares about the products. That's why I take them. Again, that's where I go for my protein, turmeric, collagen, and my curl oils. The site is jeremyscottfitness.jlabpro.com. Message us for the free supplement guide. We can put you on our newsletter as well. I send out all the promo stuff uh, basically each week. Anytime we get some discounts and some things we can save money for you guys on, I will send them out to you to hook you up. All the other podcast sponsors are in the show notes because I'm getting lazy and I'm too tired to ramble on anymore and get to the good stuff. So here we are, folks. Uh, my training in nutrition for 2022. Now, we have a program kicking off here. It's our 47-day transformation. It's going to start on Monday the 10th. Today is the 7th. You have one day and three hours from right now. It is about 1.30 AZ time. And so we're going to close on registration on January the 8th sometime in the early evening, 47daytransformation.com. It's our flagship online coaching program. It's a huge part of kind of my, I don't want to say reset because that gives an inclination that I was kind of fucking around the uh, last half of the year and I definitely was not. But it's nice to get into a routine. Uh, again, something that's solidified with some external motivators, which I'll talk about and I think are important. But also it's nice to be around other people who are on their journey. And definitely, you know, a lot of people at a different stage than me. Some people who, you know, used to be super fit and are getting back into it. Some people who just had a kid, some people who maybe this is the first time they've invested in themselves in coaching. So it's nice for me. It's definitely a huge part of my motivation and to lead from the front and just to get different ideas and see how everybody else is doing. It's motivating for me to, uh, to walk, uh, on this journey with a lot of other people from all over the world. So if you want to check it out, 47daytransformation.com, we go in detail on everything under the sun and you have just over 27 hours from right now to register and get this train rolling. So when you guys ask me about my training and what it looks like, it's not super complex. Um, I need to make a couple of, uh, of notes here uh, to kind of preface what I'm working on, why I'm working on it, and why it will be different for you. First thing is, this is what I do for a living, obviously. Um, a lot of you guys, I share as much on here as humanly possible. I hope you realize this is as authentic uh, as I can be without probably getting canceled and kicked off the internet forever. Uh, I don't hold a lot back on here. And when I talk, I think you guys see the amount of work that I do, the amount of work that goes into everything that goes on here, uh, the amount of content that we put out, 99% of it for free. Uh, I don't have a lot of hobbies. This is this is basically it. What you see is what you get. If I'm in, in town, I'm in this building for hours every day, uh, whether it be working on programs, 
getting back to you guys, creating new things, doing my own training, uh, a lot of play, discovery, all those types of things. And obviously, I'm in my office right now. This is where we record all the episodes, which is about 200 feet probably from uh, from where I train. So I live in a gym. I'm here every day. This is my profession. I run a business called Jeremy Scott Fitness. It's on everything I do. Fitness is, you know, a huge part of my life. I need to say that because if you're an accountant, you're a real estate agent, you're a nurse, uh, whatever you do, this is not your profession. So you do not have to do what I do. I'm not recommending you do what I do. I'm not telling you to do what I do. I'm just sharing with you. We all come from different backgrounds. We all have different parents. We all have different sets of genetics. If we're over the age of probably you know, 23, 4, 5, we have some baggage with us physically, uh, mentally <laughs> as well too, and I'm sure emotionally. So that plays into it. Age range training is real. Um, I played sports my entire life all the way through college. I started playing legit sports in like third grade is the earliest I can remember playing like on an actual YMCA uh, basketball team. Before that, you know, it's, you know, kickball, you know, at recess, monkey bars, climbing, riding a bike everywhere I went nonstop. This is all I've ever done. Uh, if I was meant to do anything, it was just physical fitness was kind of the only thing I was ever really good at. It's the only thing that really gave me confidence. It's probably one of the only reasons I had any friends. It's given me everything. And uh, I'm lucky enough to have been able to take that and ride it in terms of, you know, physical athletics as far as I could, get school paid for, all that good stuff, and then obviously roll it into this ridiculous life that I get to live now. And physical activity has given me that. I share that because training at a young age and building a base has allowed me to make this progression to where I'm at today. And being surrounded by, in my opinion, some of the brightest, most motivated and smart people in our industry has helped me level up over time. Going through a lot of different physical challenges has brought me here. If you don't have the same background, I would not expect you or want you to do what I'm doing. So I just... I need to lay that out there before I start talking here because a lot of you are going to listen and say, well, that seems like a lot. This is literally what I do. I'm just leading from the front. You take from what I do, whatever's going to serve you best. If it seems like it's overwhelming, if it seems like it's too much and you don't have the time to dedicate to that, which I don't expect you to and I do not want you to, then that's okay. Take the parts of my training that make the most sense for your lifestyle and your goals and what you want to do. I'm being completely honest here. If I was a real estate agent, would I be fit, I would, but I wouldn't be this fit. There's, there'd be no reason for me to be. I'm not, unless you're like the, I'm the shirtless shredded real estate guy, buy a house for me, which is, I'm sure a great gimmick, but also kind of creepy and not as professional in that industry as ours. Why would you have to take your shirt off all the time? And why would you have to be half naked? Um, it's afforded me a lot of opportunities uh, to do this. And the older I get, the more impressive it it becomes. I, BJ and I uh, were actually talking about it the other day. Um, when did I have a call with him? Him and I were talking on Thursday. And uh, we're just saying, you know, if you have this, you know, kind of uh, legendary physique as you get older, it's more impressive. When you're 23, shit, everybody's kind of in shape at 23. Not as many people are in shape as they near 40 and then near 50. And so there is a huge uh, 
financial incentive for me to be this fit. Uh, it's a legacy thing. And honestly, it's just how I'm wired. It's, it's, I think it's cool. I grew up on, you know, He-Man and G.I. Joe's. And in my era, it's, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jean-Claude Van Damme, obviously Bruce Willis, uh, Dolph Lundgren, Sylvester Stallone. You go down the list, like, that's what I grew up on. These just jacked up dudes who are larger than life. And maybe that, you know, fundamentally fucked my brain up and made me think like that's what the norm is. And so I always wanted to be like a version of that. And here I sit. So I share all that to break down my training and nutrition for you guys. First off, uh, I'm going to do the training aspect of it first. And in terms of training, uh, it's not super crazy from what I've been doing in years past, but I do have a few differences. And this more personal than anything. And again, what I suggest for you is not going to be the same as what I do for myself. There's going to be things that overlap, obviously, but not identical. The first thing, I, for the last probably year or so, depending on what program I'm in, I was usually loading three, four, or five days per week. When I say loading, I just mean lifting weights in the traditional strength training, bodybuilding type sense. Now that's a broad brush to say, but that's historically what I've been doing. There's a 10 weeks to rip program that uh, Dave Dries and I had created. I do tend to run through that about once a year. It's kind of three more loading days specifically with two kind of metabolic hit type training days in between and some other stuff. The last part of 2021, I was doing four days. So like an upper loading, a lower loading, and then an upper lower again, typically two strength days, two hypertrophy days. What I started messing with the very end of last year and the first week or so of this year is five more traditional type lifting days which consist of three upper body days and two lower body days. And I'm going to explain why I do that in a second. Mixed in with our Sunday events Metcon, and then our uh, Saturday for me tends to be a kind of float day where we do videos, play work, and weak points. And I know that sounds real confusing, so let me break it down for you in terms of days. My week, the way that I look at it, starts on a Sunday. I know most people historically think Monday, but when you look at a calendar, Sunday is the first day, not Monday. That's how my brain operates. Sunday for you guys, if you watch our Instagram, you know is our Sunday Advanced Metcons. We give a dumbbell or at-home kind of kettlebell bodyweight version for all of you. And if you watch our stories, you see that we do one in-house here. That is not the same. On Sundays here, at Jeremy Scott Fitness, what we started doing, typically 8 o'clock in the morning is when we start, 8-ish, I guess. We get together with uh, a group of savages, or a group of killers, if you will. Now, inside that group, there's all different strength levels and, and uh, ability levels, but they're the people who are willing to swim out into the ocean until they can't see land anymore. And what I mean is they're willing to go in some deep waters and see if they sink or swim. You know, they're, they're going to go out as far as they can and see if they can avoid drowning. That's what our Sundays are in-house here. We use all the tools we have, the assault bikes, um, our skiers, uh, the rowers. We have the erg bikes. We have the heavy sleds. We have drag sleds. We have dumbbells. 
barbells, kettlebells, we use it all. Uh, sometimes they're a little bit more strength focused, sometimes they're in intervals, sometimes they're AMRAMPs, sometimes they're EMOMs, you name it, we play with all the protocols. And usually they're disgusting. They, these are workouts that you do not want to do by yourself. And even if you would do them by yourself, you'd be having a conversation about quitting every 30 seconds to a minute. These are the gross ones, the ones that I put together where I only want to do them with a group of other people. Now, I hate myself enough most days to really push it, but there's days where you're like, man, I just don't know. This workout seems extra gnarly. That is what our Sunday Advanced Metcons are. They're competitive, but really only with yourself, even though we do keep a leaderboard. That's what I start off my week with. I come in, we do the Sunday Advanced Metcons, and uh, we push each other. And there's a camaraderie there and we break down there. That is probably the worst day of the week for me. And I like to start off the day with a, a kick in the nuts. I'd rather get punched in the face right off the bat than, you know, die of a thousand paper cuts over time. So we do a lot of high volume, high output. And usually those sessions last anywhere between, if there's a short one, maybe 25 minutes all the way to probably an average 40-ish minutes. Now, some people end up taking a little bit longer, but for the most part, you're talking like a 40-ish minute metabolic just shit show. That's my Sunday. Monday, I tend to roll with an easier day for me uh, because I just went through the abuse on uh, Sunday. I've been doing like uh, almost bodybuilding style, chest, and uh, more kind of side delt stuff. And I'll do a mix. But I've been doing a lot of hypertrophy lately, not uh, not a ton of uh, strength loading in there, just uh, the rep ranges, you know, probably about 8 to 12, give or take, uh, 3 to 4 sets per movement, bodybuilding type style, resting maybe 60, 90 seconds in between sets, and uh, that's my Monday. Uh, on Tuesday, I usually roll into the lower body stuff, and again, same thing where this is more uh, hypertrophy, but a lot more volume. Uh, than the upper day and you're talking your deadlifts uh, your squat variations your lateral lunges your forward lunges again typically the three to four sets eight to twelve is a rep range a lot of single leg stuff so not uh, not as much of your traditional you know just normal squatting but a lot of split squatting a lot of single leg lateral stuff uh, a lot of pistol work deficit stuff just things that uh, I want to work on and that I feel I get the best connection from. Again, same thing with the rest time, 60, 90 seconds, nothing crazy. So that's my Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday, uh, I'll pop back into usually a, a back and kind of rear delts type of day. So your normal pull-ups, your bent rows, uh, dumbbell rear flies, uh, the face pulls. I'll do some farmer's carries on here, typically integrated uh into some pull-up work. I've been wearing a, a hyper weight vest for a lot of these workouts. The only one I don't is probably for the lower body days. Um, and maybe the chest day, just because when I'm doing the horizontal pressing, I don't like to have a weight vest on the whole time. But when I've been doing my upper back rear delt days, I've been wearing a weight vest the entire workout. Uh, it just helps with, uh, with carries uh, in the pull-ups. And I've been using some heavy chains here as well. We have a set of four. And they're actually super heavy. They're honestly a pain in the ass. Uh, but they're great. Uh, if you're going to do carries or, or dips or, or pull-ups to add load to your body that you can easily strip off. And not a lot of transition time in between there. And 
that's usually Wednesday. And then on Thursday, my body's kind of feeling it and I'm kind of beat to shit. So I go with, uh, we call it like our bro day. It's like an arms and an abs type of day where I do, and there's, it's still hard. Like we're doing weighted dips, close grip uh, type bench press, uh, overhead extensions, and then all the curl variations. And again, I'm wearing a weight vest the whole time. And on that day, honestly, I've been doing some longer farmer's carries. Uh, we have about a 150-yard strip out here in back of our facility. So I'll wear the weight vest. I'll throw some chains on, and I'll grab, usually for that distance, 71-pound uh, kettlebells in each hand. The grip is actually thicker, so it's more of a pain in the ass uh, to do. Dumbbells immediately would be easier, but fuck it. I like to abuse myself a little bit. So I've been doing that uh, as well on those days. So if you're following with me so far, Sunday is the Advanced Metcon. Monday I've been doing kind of a bro-ish uh, chest, uh, side delts. Then into lower body, just crushing both front and back. Usually that first lower body day I'm doing tends to be a little more hamstring heavy and tends to be more volume heavy. So that'd be kind of like a hypertrophy leg day. Then I move into the upper back rear delts, the arms and abs and Historically, on a Friday, I have been doing the power movements for the lower body. So it's another lower body day, except I'm doing heavier loads and less volume because I've already taxed the legs one day this week already. And if I'm being honest, on our Sunday advanced Metcons, there's usually a terrible lower body protocol in there. That's why I'm loading three upper body days and only loading two lower body days because you know, on accident, that Sunday Advanced Metcon, we might do a salt bike row ski, but it might be, hey, lunge street to street. And for us, it's like continuous lunging for 300 yards. And then it might be push a sled for, you know, at your body weight for five minutes, something like that. Or, hey, do 100 body weight squats and ride the assault bike legs only. So we're throwing in all this other lower body stuff. And as small as that sounds, it adds up big over time. And there's another caveat I'll share in a second. But Fridays, usually, I'll come in and do traditional deadlifting. Um, and the weights can be all over the board. I've been doing a lot of uh, EMOM stuff, whether it be three reps on the minute or five reps on the minute, or I'll do like a deadlift uh, ladder. Honestly, uh, you know, I'm 38 years old. The heaviest I probably go now on uh, barbell deadlifts is like 405. And not that I couldn't go heavier. Uh, I do still have a lot of strength. Honestly, I have like old man strength now. My hands, if you watch on YouTube, they look like my dad's hands. You know what I'm talking about? Like those thick, just rough, like looks like I've been working, you know, out in a field for like a hundred years. I got the probably the most disgusting hands uh, of all time and they're thick and they're rough. But the point I'm driving at is they're strong. I got man strength now, old man strength. That's the difference. It's like, you know, when you thought you could beat your dad up, um, you were maybe... 16, 17, and you got, you know, testosterone flowing through your body at like its all time height. And your dad kind of walks by you and, you know, you might be having a conversation and you're like, you give him the jokingly, I could take you not realizing your dad has old man strength. And not only can he take a punch, but he can still beat your fucking ass. That is the era uh, that I'm living through right now. Old man strength. So, uh, but I don't want to go any heavier than probably 400 pounds in the deadlifts just because I don't, I don't think the risk is worth the reward. Meaning, I'm not trying to be world's strongest man. I, uh, I don't care about that. 
I think if you can pick up 400 pounds off the ground for multiple reps at 38 years old, that's more than enough strength than you're probably going to need. And if you're talking building muscle, I, I don't, I know it's going to offend people. I don't think doing that really super heavy one-off, like one or two rep stuff for deadlifts is the best way uh, to build muscle in your body. There's a place for it for sure, but I think you can get a lot more done with less. And that's just my opinion. People might disagree with me there. And then I'll do heavier split squats on those days, maybe down to six reps per leg, like grabbing a hundred pound dumbbell in each hand, doing six reps, uh, you know, for multiple sets on the left leg and then on the right leg, I will do the heavier sled pushes and pulls on those days as well, which I like. And, uh, that's usually probably the big three movements I do on those days, heavier deadlifts, heavier split squats, and then heavier sled pushes and pulls. And uh, moving to Saturday, that tends to be the float day where we film most of the content you see on Instagram here. And after that, I'll do some weak point training or some play work. Uh, and what I mean by that is if I'm working on weak point stuff, it might be different kind of carry variations. It might be different trunk stuff. Or for me, it's like different lateral movements. How strong can I be moving laterally through space, especially if I have load on the body. And the play work, it's just... That'd be like me going to play basketball. I'm actually going to go do that today because my schedule is a little bit off this week. And a side note, don't be married to the days. If your body's beat or sore, feel free to pause a day, move a day forward, or mix them up. That's okay. Uh, you got to listen to your body. Intuitive training is real. Obviously, you have a program and you should stick to it. But you know if you're sick, if you're tired, if your body is, is beat up, that you can, you know, pull back on the gas and flip-flop days if you need to. That's just called being smart. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. So today, because my schedule has been kind of off, I'm actually going to go uh, do mobility here after this podcast, and I'm going to go play basketball uh, for as long as I feel I need to play. I'm going to put my AirPods in, which I love doing, just get lost in music, and uh, I'll see where the day takes me. And if I do that for, you know, 45 minutes or an hour by myself, there is so much dynamic movement there. There's so much escapism there. There's so much uh, discovery in those sessions. It'd be one of the best workouts I had for the week. And uh, I believe that, and I think all of you should, should put that into your life. And that's what I mean by play work. Things that you enjoy doing where fitness is the outcome of the activity, it's not the goal of the activity, and you just get lost in movement. And all of a sudden, an hour goes by, and you're like, oh, that was fun. I was sweating, and I was moving around, and I had a great workout. And when I say discovery, it's just me playing with different variations here. If I hold the dumbbell this way, you know, if I... Uh, you know, pronate my hand, if, if I rotate this, if I do a single arm variation, if I actually, you know, create a deficit, what is the range of motion I can get to? How does it feel? Is there a connection there? Do I like that way to step up? Do I like slowing down the movement? Do I like exploding out of the hole? I spend enough time here and we create enough programs. I want to find things that are effective and efficient for me that I can also deliver to you guys. So a big part of my training is just being mindful of what I'm doing in understanding time, tempo, speed, and load when I go through all of the variables when I train. And then there's days when I come in and it's just like I've had enough and it's like, fuck it. I just put my headphones in and I just grind through a session. And I'm a grinder. Uh, I love it. But there's days where I don't want to be here. And I'm not discovering anything on those days. And I'm not playing with anything. I'm just literally doing the sets and reps. And it's just like a job. You clock in, you clock out. And that's okay too. That's all part of of fitness. And that's all part of training. And that's what my week looks like most days. So legitimately, I'm doing, you know, three upper days and, and really three lower days with the caveat of uh, that Metcon 
you know, it was kind of a mix uh, and match. And I think if I did any more than that, my body would, uh, it would break down for sure. And uh, I feel good there. I feel clarity there. Uh, I'm having fun and I feel the best I've probably ever felt all around. Now, obviously I get tighter now than I did when I was, you know, 22 years old, but that's, you know, just miles on the tires and, uh, and just not recovering quite as fast because I'm not as young. That's just part of life and that's okay too. With the training aspect, some things I'm doing inside of there on top of everything else, which will probably help paint a better picture. I, for some reason, came up with the idea of doing a hundred kettlebell swings a day for a hundred days. And uh, I'll do those today before I pop out of here. And then uh, I'll head to the court. But I've been doing that. And uh, that would be considered a, a lower body pattern, in my opinion, or at least a posterior chain movement, meaning when you guys are doing kettlebell swings, whether you understand the movement or not, you're talking the entire backside of your body. Now, it integrates, obviously, your shoulders get a little bit of uh, work in there. Obviously, your forearms with the grip and your abs are obviously going to fire because you're keeping the spine stable over your base of support, which is obviously your feet. But when you do swings, hamstrings, glutes, and your back, that's what you're moving when you guys do kettlebell swings. It is a, it is a hip thrust in a vertical position is what you're doing. You are driving the hips through space th- with force. And when I say 100 swings a day, it doesn't mean 100 in a row. You could do it that way. I tend not to. I've been swinging anywhere from a 71-pound kettlebell to a 106-pound kettlebell for sets of usually 25 is what I'm doing. If I feel like I'm gassed and uh, you know the day is warming down, maybe I'll do five sets of 20, but typically it's four sets of 25, and uh, I do them relatively quick, maybe 60 to 90 seconds in between. Or if I mix them in some days because my body's tight, like I'm doing heavier deadlifts and my you know, my ass is already on fire and it feels like your low back is tight, I might space them out a little bit more. But I've been doing 100 swings a day, every day for, this will be day seven. And that's just something I committed to just to see uh, if it elicits a change or if there's anything that I notice from it. And if I can just, you know, just perfect the movement a little bit better and play with different loads and uh, swing variations as well. I've done stuff like that uh, for years. There's one year I did uh, push-ups. I think it was, was I 28 maybe at the time? And so I'm like, well, I'll just, you know, I'll try to build a little bit of, uh, you know, chest density or get a little bit stronger with my pressing patterns. And so I did 28 push-ups uh, after every single workout every day uh, when I was 28. And then obviously after I filmed uh, Metashred, I did split squats every day for a fucking year. And uh, that was real fun. Uh, in all reality, it, it did change me. It changed my leg strength. It changed my volume capacity. I became way stronger and just kind of bulletproofed uh, my body in a lot of ways. And that's what some of those protocols are for. There's something fun to challenge yourself. And especially if you guys have things you want to improve on your body, this would be a great time to say, hey, I'm going to do X amount of push-ups every day for this many days. Or every other day, I'm going to do 30 pull-ups. Or I'm going to do so many bodyweight squats. Or five minutes of walking lunges after every workout. Or, you know, every other day. You name it you can do it, but I'm on this hundred swings a day for a hundred days and I'll see kind of where it takes me. I've also committed to doing 10,000 steps per day as a minimum. Uh, I don't even think that's negotiable. I think all of you guys should be doing that. Again, I don't know what you do for work or for a living, but I would urge you to get out and just walk and push it because it does matter. I think yesterday I was at like 20,000 steps today. I'm running low. I'm at 5,000 right now as of like 1 45 PM. 
But again, I'm going to go shoot around for an hour and I'm going to be, you know, easily uh, 15,000 plus after that, if not more. I've also dedicated to doing hangs every day, which I believe I did them every day last year as well. Uh, BJ Gadur has a great protocol kind of every hour on the hour where he suggests you get up off your ass and do something, especially if it could be like hang from a pull-up bar. It's a game changer. Uh, it really is. If you're talking about uh, opening up uh, not just the thoracic spine, if you want to stretch the lats, uh, shoulder health as well, grip strength is great. If you guys rotate through the hips, uh, especially when I'm doing lower body loading stuff. Honestly, I've gotten a habit of doing this every day. Just hanging from the pull-up bar, rotating through the hips, crossing the legs over, and you almost get that, uh, what is that down there, L5, S1, you get a little crack in there, uh, just kind of loosens things up. It's just a nice way to stretch. It just feels good. So I've been doing hangs uh, at least for probably two to five minutes every single day, if not a little bit more. And then also mobility, mandatory mobility every day. If you watch my Instagram stories, you guys see me post it almost all the time. I do mobility every day. I believe all of you guys should as well. We have a free playlist uh, on our YouTube if you want to watch it. It goes through some of my exact flows that I go through. But even spending just three to five minutes on mobility every day is going to improve the quality of your life uh, and the range of motion you can get through. So obviously, if you understand how building muscle works, if you guys can get through bigger ranges of motion... Uh, you're going to attack more muscle fibers, more hypertrophy, i.e. you build more muscle over time. So simple enough, yet a lot of people avoid it because they're not good at it or they feel tight and they don't understand the importance of it. But just going in and just lifting and never doing mobility or any of that you know, legit tissue work I, I think is really stupid. I don't want to judge you guys, but call a spade a spade. I don't foam roll every single day. I'll touch on recovery stuff in a little bit, but I do roll most days. But I do find the active mobility work to be even more important than just the tissue work. Although I do think the tissue work is very, very important. But I'll touch on that in terms of recovery in a second. Now, if we're talking the nutrition aspect of things, if you guys understand my training, and again, that program is going to shift to and change depending on, on my year and what goes on, but that's it. And some of those workouts I go through, some of them I do bodybuilding style, so just in straight sets. Some of them I will set the clock here and just say, okay, I have 40 minutes, and I'll do as many rounds as possible circuit style in 40 minutes. Some of them, if the day is supposed to start with let's say incline, you know, bench press. And then I work all the way through the sets. And the last set would be like single arm, uh, like lateral races. I might go from the bottom up. So meaning I start with all the accessory work. I start with the lateral raises. Um, I start with the plate raises and then I finish with the heavier movements like a bench press or an overhead press. So I'm actually pre fatiguing all the muscles before I get to the compound work. That's a great way to go about it too. So all these programs have 10 different ways to go through it. That's what, on a side note, what kills me when people are like, oh, I've done this workout before. All these workouts aren't new. It's like, they shouldn't always be new. If you're always mixing it up and always doing random different things, you're never getting any better. That's not what a program is. That's just called random shit. Like, we share a ton of stuff on Instagram and YouTube and it's all great. And you can integrate it into your program, but I would still suggest you have a program, meaning... 
if you're doing split squats, you shouldn't do them just like once a month. You should do them either every week or a couple times a week and have it fit a scheme. So if you're doing a certain loading days, not that it has to be the same Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but it should be the same week one as it is week two. Or if you're going to do an upper lower day and the next week an upper lower day, at least the following week, you're repeating some of those same movements. Otherwise, you're never going to get better. You have to really build a base and see how you improve over time. If you're always changing the variation, if it's always different, yeah, it might be more fun, but you would see way better results if you actually followed a tried and true program. So on that note, if we're talking the nutrition aspect of this, I've been doing a dry January. Uh, I mentioned it before uh, for a lot of you guys. You don't have to do it. Uh, I had a client here mention it. It seems like the easiest month to do it. So obviously I'm seven days in. I've drank no booze. It's not really that hard for me. I don't ever have to drink booze. I never do it by myself. If we do something social, uh, I often do it just so people don't feel weird. And I'll have like a whiskey or a beer or two and I'll call it a day. I just don't have a need for it. If I went the rest of my life with never drinking alcohol again, I'd be okay. I won't really miss it. Uh, especially the colder months, like I have, really have no desire for it. Now, if it's hot and you're like by the pool and you have a beer, like I get that. It's kind of relaxing, but I'm not a go home and drink booze uh, kind of guy. It's just, it's not my thing. I'm not judging anybody. If you want to drink every day, you can definitely do that and be super healthy. But I decided to do a dry January and here we are. Next one. In terms of the food, I... Uh, I've been doing, you know, the one meal a day for quite some time. The only time I really don't is if we have something funky with travel and I know I can't really control the environment. I might eat a little something outside of that. But for the most part, I've been on kind of one meal a day. It'd be maybe like a little snack if it was outside of that. So meaning let's say my day got away from me and it's three o'clock and I just, I've been crushing it and I'm starving. I might, uh, grab uh, like a Koya. These are plant-based protein drinks. They're amazing, by the way. Pea rice and hemp is all up in there. I'll drink one of those. Maybe, uh, you know, a packet of almond butter and like a banana, and then just kind of go about my business, then eat dinner maybe a couple hours afterwards if we're like meeting out friends or doing something different. But for the most part, it's just a one meal, and it's it's a huge-ass meal for sure. Uh, Whether it's steak, which I do a lot of, uh, salmon, uh, which you do a ton as well. Shrimp. Uh, I don't do as much chicken. If we do like uh, ground turkey, any of those things are fine, but it's, it's a huge uh, chunk of protein. And whether it's cauliflower rice, hedgy, he- hedgy, I can't even talk, hedgy. I was trying to say Heather from these veggie. That might be her new nickname, hedgy Scott. Um, uh, these vegetable fries, Heather found them the other day, and they actually are great. They're like carrots, um, is it parsnips, and beets maybe they're made of. That, she, she baked them in the oven. They actually tasted amazing. Uh, but the other night we had those uh, at home with uh, salmon and cauliflower rice and asparagus. Yeah, pretty basic. Uh, but that's kind of my eating day. It's not super sexy. It's not real complex. I'll film a day for you guys on uh, Instagram. So you can kind of see what uh, everything looks like. But I typically will come home, 
I do these uh, vibe shots of elderberry, turmeric, and there's something else in there too. Elderberry, turmeric, and black pepper extract, and maybe one other thing. They're spicy. I don't necessarily love them, but they say they're healthy for you. So I've been trying to do that. So I'll take one of those. I'll make my athletic greens. And as I'm cooking dinner, usually I'll grab a, a Koya and I'll be drinking that as well. It's like almost 20 grams of protein in there. There's seven grams of fiber. They taste amazing. I do love them. They're not cheap uh, by any means, but like I've said before, you know, if you're going cheap on food, I don't think it's a great choice. I don't know your financial situation, but if you have a car payment and you're going cheap on food, you already know what I'm going to say. Sell your car, dude. Buy a fucking beater and put better food in your body. It makes more sense. Uh, you're not impressing anybody. Nobody gives a shit. And uh, as long as it gets you to work, you know, swallow your pride and be healthier. I promise you it's more impressive if you show up and you feel good and you're, you're healthy and you're fit and you're positive than if you drive a, a fancy car. Just my two cents. Uh, but they do cost a little bit of money, but they do taste great. And it's an easy solution, especially if you guys are on the go. Uh, something you could grab for breakfast if you're a breakfast person. But that's usually kind of how I start everything. And then I'll make, you know, about a pound of meat is what I typically consume, which is a lot. And then uh, we throw in green veggies. Usually it's asparagus. Uh, Brussels sprouts is probably the second uh, bet we use, but asparagus is definitely uh, the number one. A lot of cauliflower rice. Uh, And then I do potatoes as well, Uh, whether it's like golden style or russet, doesn't really matter. I'll put some butter on those and then obviously salt and pepper the steak and uh, I'm in business and that's uh, like a lot of uh, what I eat. If uh, depending on my training day, if I need some uh, some more carbohydrates or like a sweet treat, I'll do this uh, oatmeal that we use. I literally cake it in cinnamon, a little bit of uh, almond milk. I throw chia seeds in there, uh, cut up like half a banana and uh and I'm good to go and maybe eat the other half of banana with uh, some peanut butter and try not to eat the whole jar. I've been way better uh, as of late. I have a, a different level of self-control. As I've gotten older, definitely um, definitely mastering uh, my mind a little bit when it, when it comes to peanut butter, which has taken me many, many years. But uh, here I am. And then one thing I've uh, kind of promised myself uh, this year is, or at least the first... I'm committing to 100 days if I can. I'm just having like one bar. And what I mean is like only one protein bar. Because some of those things, man, they're making them super addicting. And uh, I usually go with either a perfect bar, which they're pretty dense. They're about 320 calories. I think there's 20 grams of protein. There's probably 25 carbohydrates in there. Or uh, or a Power Crunch bar. One or the other. Because for a long time I get in the habit of, well, if I have a Power Crunch bar here, if I have like, or I might eat three in a row all at one time, who knows? I, I have a tendency to be an inner fat kid where I want to overeat like crazy. So I've been committing to doing just basically one bar uh, per day, which is, uh, has been saving me. The only other thing maybe I would swap in those days if I don't do uh, oatmeal uh, and the chia. I do chia seeds every day no matter what. Sometimes I just dump them in my mouth and uh, swallow water. Not super sexy, but hey, it's all going to the same place anyway, so who gives a shit? Uh, if I don't do the oatmeal, I've been doing a my, my treat, especially on a, on a higher output day. Sunday events, Metcon, definitely the lower body days, or if I've fasted the whole day and I eat something like, uh, let's say shrimp or salmon instead of uh, steak, which I usually go with uh, 
New York strip uh, or ribeye is probably the two cuts that I have access to the most now. We used to be able to get these T-bones all the time, and now because of the meat stuff, they're just really hard to find, which sucks because like a legit T-bone is probably my favorite steak because you get you know both cuts in there. But the New York strip or, or the ribeye is what I've been doing. If I do like a fish on a day, so the, obviously if you eat salmon versus a ribeye, the calories are significantly less. Or if you eat shrimp uh, compared to like a New York strip, it's way less. There's, you know, it's just protein. I'll do the uh, cinnamon raisin Ezekiel muffins. I toast them, cut them in half, uh, put peanut butter on there, and then this natural uh, strawberry preserves where there's no added sugar. It's just the strawberries. And then maybe chop up a... Uh, uh, half a banana on there and I eat that as well. So a lot of calories in there, a lot of energy in that. But again, if you're crushing the workouts and again, this is all real food, great for your body. And that's why, um, I've been limiting to just like the one bar. Cause I don't want to be eating a ton of, uh, you know, I don't want to say fake stuff. I think the perfect bar is everything in there is real, but, uh, again, they're addicting. And the power crunch bars, man, I know they put some, some shit in there, but they're, it's like, it's like a Kit Kat. It's hard to control yourself. But that, my friends, is pretty much what my eating day would look like. So if you're adding up the numbers, it just depends on the day. Sometimes the carbs are, you know, pretty low. Uh, if you're doing, you know, oatmeal, bananas, uh, Ezekiel muffins, and real potatoes, the carbs can get obviously pretty high. And the proteins probably are always around kind of like 200-ish uh, grams, you know, 100 plus from uh, from the meats. And obviously, if you have like a Koya, it's like 20 more grams. If you have a perfect bar, it's 20 more grams. You're like 150 and some change now. You know, obviously, you snick in like some things like Ezekiel muffins and peanut butter. Those are accessory proteins. Like things start to add up, obviously, uh, relatively quickly. So for most of you guys, if you're talking macros for yourself, if you're getting like 0.8 grams to a gram per pound you weigh in protein, that's probably fine. So if you weigh 200 pounds and you're eating like 160 grams to 200 grams, I think that's more than enough for you guys to... uh, to build muscle and feel good. And honestly, the biggest thing above all with eating food and macros outside of just how you look and uh, how you perform, it's how you feel. How are you digesting food? You know, how does it feel inside your body? What's going on? Like you have to audit that as you go through. And I think that's a huge key that a lot of people kind of overlook. Don't do things that make you feel like shit just to look a certain way. No, obviously riding the assault bike when I say like, oh, I rode the assault bike and I felt like shit. That's just you paying your dues on the assault bike. I mean, don't restrict your calories. Don't force feed just to look a certain way if it makes you feel shitty and robs other things from your life. That's what we call fitness is stealing your fitness. And that is not worth it, my friends. The ultimate goal here is for us to be healthy. And there's a lot of people in fitness who will sell you stuff that are not healthy. And they actually, you know, look good at the cost of feeling like shit. And I don't think that's worth it. And I don't think that's a sustainable lifestyle for you guys. So just take that for what it's worth. So that's my eating. Um, outside of that, I do drink coffee, obviously. Um, water, mostly throughout the day. I do drink Powerade Zeros. I like the uh, the white cherry ones. They're like crack. I'm addicted to them. They're great. But I try to do just one a day. And then coffee, either cold brew, straight up, or uh, if I do like a latte, it's just like four shots of espresso and a little bit of almond milk. But my favorite coffee place doesn't open till 6. And almost every day I'm at work, uh, 
way before six. So I do these cold brews. I think High Brew is the company. Uh, we have it in our supplement guide, I think. Is that right? Yeah, I think they're in there. They're great. Best tasting for sure. They're nitro cold brews. They come in a can, put them in your fridge, travel with them. They're amazing. Better than any coffee shop I've ever been to. Sorry, coffee places. Just the truth. Uh, from there, my supplement stuff. Obviously, I take Athletic Greens every single day. Um, on top of that, fish oil for sure. I do, like I said, take the elderberry, uh, take the turmeric, uh, take a vitamin D3 and the K2, which Athletic Greens is willing to give you for a year for free, which is pretty badass. Uh, uh, other than that, the collagen, uh, I'll typically throw in with the greens. If I use protein for our protein smoothies, uh, again, you guys, I'm giving you a blanket a day. I eat different stuff, obviously, depending on what day it is, but for the most part, that's my basic day. But if we do do the smoothies and Heather, you know, comes with a little bit of a sexier idea and it's usually when it's, we do winter smoothies too, which I'll share with you guys, but I do them more the warmer it gets. Uh, obviously I live in Scottsdale, so right now it's a beautiful day. By the time it's March, it's already summertime here. So nine, 10 months out of the year, we do the smoothies. I use the J-Lab protein because uh, it's easy on my stomach and stevia. Heather likes the, uh, the plant-based options, but any option works uh, for you guys. Outside of that, uh, I take a quercetin. Uh, as well. And then oftentimes I just take an additional uh, zinc supplement because they're super cheap. But uh, Athletic Greens has the zinc in there, so you guys should be fine. And also you're going to get it from uh, your food. But those would be the biggest supplements I take most days. Anything outside of that, I might play with the uh, organ meats, uh, like the, the desiccated, uh, you know, like liver or heart supplements or uh, creatine as well. But for the most part, I take the health supplements and I just keep it real basic. Again, if you guys want our supplement guide, hit me up. I'm happy to send it to you for free. Um, so from a nutrition standpoint, that's pretty much what I do. Uh, and I do that almost every single day of the week. There usually is, <clears throat> excuse me, one meal a week, maybe two. That's not ideal, but uh, usually it's one. And it tends to be a Saturday uh, evening uh, just because of our filming schedule and then my work schedule and obviously what we do Sunday. So I kind of take that Saturday cheat meal and it fuels my Sunday routine. Oftentimes it's pretty basic. It's just like a burger and fries. I tend to feel the best that way. I love pizza, but it really just, it doesn't agree with my body. And I just end up feeling like a bag of shit. And I'm too old to do that. I'm too, uh, too neurotic uh, or too, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. I'm too motivated to, uh, to give up a whole day or give up half a day feeling like shit for something I ate. There's nothing that tastes that good that I'm willing to feel like shit for. I'm just, I'm over it and I can't do it. Especially I get up early enough on Sunday to come here and be productive. I don't want, uh, I want to be able to use the cheat meal as like a fuel for my day, not take away from my day. So I want that abundance of calories to work for me not kind of drag me down. So I, I tend to keep it to just burger and fries or if we go out with friends, uh, you know, I might have a beer or two and, you know, some chips and uh, guacamole at dinner with like a, a decent uh, healthy entree. So I don't veer off too far. If I do any kind of sweets as treats, there's a, uh, I don't have the brand name off top of head. Heather might know. There's these natural cinnamon rolls. I think Sprouts has them. If you guys have a Sprouts, Whole Foods, Maybe even like the Safeways, the Albertsons, the Bashes, or like a Ralph's or Kroger's or Fry's, maybe even a High V. I'm just doing all the grocery stores across America to help you guys out. They do uh, like a natural cinnamon rolls, and they're like all 
all real ingredients, and they're good, man. Like they're, and if you just kind of slightly under bake them, I'm like a master at cooking cinnamon rolls in the oven at, at home. And I know it sounds funny, but it's an art form. And Heather used to laugh at me. And then one time she cooked them and burnt the shit out of the bottoms. Then they're like worthless. Who even wants to eat them then? So it is a skill. But uh, maybe we'll do those or uh, some cookies from somewhere. But again, I just, uh, like I love the crumble cookies. If you guys are familiar, never been. But God, I feel like shit after I eat them. I just don't feel good. And not even necessarily that day. I'll wake up the next day and my stomach is just fucking rocked. But my face looks like I got stung by a bee. Like just a puffy, bloat, sugar, fat face. And uh, I don't really care what I look like. But even that, I'm like, dude, you look like, you know, something went wrong in your life. And I don't feel good. That's the takeaway. So I don't, again, veer off too far. I just try to keep it uh, within reason. And uh, that works for me. So I know it's not super sexy for you guys uh, or anything crazy. But at this point, I really just put feeling good above all else. And again, I'm not saying you have to do that. Go out, drink with your friends, eat pizza, you know, go crazy. But for me, I know what works and I know what takes away from my experience and what gives to it. And that's kind of uh, where I live. And that's when I talk about you have to do what works best for you and you have to find, you know, what your body can tolerate and, and what actually helps you and what hurts you and what's worth it and what uh, what isn't worth it. But that would be my eating uh, overall. The other things I've been working on uh, outside of that in terms of just being more efficient and uh, recovery is sleep and the breathing and some of those tactics. And the first one I just want to mention is the, uh, the breathing. I've had a huge focus on making breathing be the forefront of what I do moving forward. Now, I've been through a bunch of different trainings. Years ago, um, I got introduced to uh, nasal breathing uh, during conditioning sessions, which uh, not super fun, for sure. I remember being on a rower. I was at a strong event uh, in New York City. We went through these rowing protocols where you would row max meters and then work on, you know, keeping your face calm, uh, obviously to keep your heart rate down. And then the next step would be the uh, the nasal breathing, where the simplest version is you just tape your mouth shut. Uh, and again, I'm not suggesting you guys do this, especially if you're not ready for it. Because um, what I did the first time I taped my mouth shut and trained hard, I bit through the tape uh, after about 10 minutes because you kind of have a panic attack. It's like I don't want to say being buried alive because I've never been buried alive, but you you feel kind of trapped, uh, and you just you you want to gasp for air through your mouth because you can't you can't get enough through your nose because you're panicking, and people are like why the hell would you do something like that? I mean the, the truth is, you know breathing through the nose it does feel uncomfortable, and uh, you're going to panic, and a lot of us have become mouth breathers. You've probably seen the memes or or heard some of the jokes with that, but uh, it's not optimal uh, for performance and it's not how we were meant to start off training. And I think if you watch like even like fighting, uh, if you're a fan of like uh, mixed martial arts or the UFC, you know the guys are gassed when they start breathing through their mouth and uh, they're not tucking their chin and you know they're, you know, 
may be in for some trouble. Uh, but the nose breathing has a ton of benefits for you guys if you can get yourself to do it. One, it does filter and kind of warm um, the air, um, you know, I guess kind of humidifies it before it's drawn into the lungs. It can also help reduce your heart rate when you're training, which is ideal. Um, it brings the nitric oxide into the lungs to open up the airways and your blood vessels. There's better oxygen delivery throughout your body when you do it this way. And I believe it can also reduce the lactic acid as more oxygen is delivered to the working muscles. So if you are a performance-based person, if you have a goal, you're trying to have a higher output when you train, um, obviously the goal for most people is have your body do more with less. And the first step is obviously reducing, you know, the air intake. And then if you do have to obviously breathe through your mouth at some point, when you do panic or you reach that next level, it's, to me, it feels like you almost have like a second set of lungs, right? So you, you've done it this way, this way, this way for so long. And then it's like, well, now I actually have to, and it's like, boom, now I can get more oxygen and that might not be ideal, but you have that, you know, I guess it's like hitting the NOS, right? Like if you watch Fast and the Furious and like they hit the gas and boom, and you know, Vin Diesel Nosses it, goes past Paul Walker, boom, he wins because he held out and he was, you know, doing nasal breathing for so long, he didn't blow his load up front. That's why I've been doing it. And I found if I can stay calmer during the beginning phases of the workout and I can breathe through my nose for a decent amount of time, I'm stronger midway through the workouts and I'm stronger at the finish than maybe somebody else who just starts off breathing through the mouth. And uh, obviously, again, I'm not telling you guys to do this, but when I start training and doing it, I'll get on the rower, I'll get on the assault bike, I'll get on the ergs, and I'll just, I'll tape my mouth shut with athletic tape, and I'll just train, and I'll go at a hard of a clip as I can while breathing through my nose and focusing on being mindful of the breathing, slowing myself down. Uh, it's made my endurance, you know, 10x of what it ever was, even when I was playing uh, sports. All the way through college, I just, um, I understand now uh, what it takes and what it is. And I, I'm not a, a long distance person by any means. It's not my natural. I'm a fast twitch guy. I'm a, I'm a sprinter. I'm a quick hitter. That's just, that's how I, I, I'm built. But uh, now I can, when I row a 5K, when I ski a 5K and do these things, I can put up some, what I think are impressive times for a dude who naturally is like a, you know, uh, a quick starter. You know, if I was, a, if you want to equate it to like, you know, fighting or something, I'd be better in rounds one through one, one and two for sure. Um, Cause I, you know, I got knockout power and uh, I'm, I'm good in round one or two. I get into the deeper rounds, you know, uh, I got too much muscle on my frame. I need a lot more oxygen. My body tends to get tired. And years ago, maybe I would be completely gassed in round three or four. Now I feel like I can go all five rounds even though naturally I'm better at the beginning, I've trained my body uh, to be able to do it. So I can now run for an hour uh, nonstop. I don't like doing it, but my body can do it. And I do attribute some of that to uh, the focused uh, nasal breathing. And again, I don't think it's a great idea for you guys to start doing this if you have not built the base of conditioning. And, you know, you're just, if you're not ready for it, don't do it. But I'm sharing with you what I have been focusing on and doing. And I feel like that has helped me a ton. So I've been doing a lot of focused breathing work uh, when it comes to that. And just being mindful of rest periods as well. Also, 
Uh, if we're talking habits and training, sleep. I've been focusing on getting at least seven hours per night every single night. Historically, uh, it's been a struggle for me. I've been real great now uh, getting into bed at a decent time, and I always wake up at the same time. So if I can be in bed laying down by like 8.30-ish and hopefully fall asleep by like 9, I'm good to go for my seven hours. And I've been real good with that. During the week, sometimes I can make it a little bit earlier. Uh, It's a great time for me to relax. Uh, I can just chill. Uh, there's no social media. When I'm in bed, my phone is in the bathroom. I don't have my phone around me. I don't use it in bed. I don't believe in that. I fucking hate the thing. At the end of the day, it's the last thing I want to see. I'm grateful for you guys. I'm thankful for you guys. I love your messages. I love the videos. I love the comments, but I do not want to watch them at eight o'clock at night. I'm over it. And uh, I just want to put on The Office or Parks and Recs or Seinfeld, or if there's a football game or basketball game, watch it for 30 minutes and just pass out and start the next day over. So I've been making sleep and kind of my routine with sleep, very, uh, very important for me. Also, in terms of recovery and rest, obviously, uh, we have Normatec boots at our house. If you guys are not familiar, they're the compression setups. Uh, I have the legs and the hips and the butt. I use the legs more often than not, uh, in just terms of, you know, obviously getting my legs ready to go through the, the beating I'm going to take them through. We have all the massage guns. Like I said, I tend to uh, foam roll usually about four or five days a week specifically. Uh, I would say four is I never miss. And then sometimes I do a fifth day. Sometimes I'll roll through some stuff at home. I do like to use the massage guns at, at home in bed actually when I'm already like trying to decompress, relax, and uh, and just kind of be lazy. But like I mentioned before, I do mobility uh, during every single workout. Sometimes I'll do five minutes of mobility. Sometimes I'll do 15 minutes of mobility. It just depends on how tight and sore I am. I always do the lower extremities every single day. I tend to do all the upper body stuff only on upper body training days. However, I have been doing the hangs every single day, which I guess would count as like upper body mobility and uh, throwing things like seal jacks and jumping jacks in and just inchworms all the time integrates like obviously your shoulder girdle, your thoracic spine and all that great stuff too. So that's part of, uh, I guess, kind of the recovery process. And I just got delivered today one of those giant uh, ice barrels, which obviously I am not home yet, but uh, they just delivered it to my house. I'll talk about uh, how I'm going to use that and integrate it. I'll share it on Instagram in terms of uh, cold plunges, which I've fought for years because I hate uh, being cold, but uh, they reached out to me and uh, the cool folks at uh, Ice Barrel. I can get you guys a discount on any of them if you want to use them, but I'll talk about it more uh, kind of as I use it. But that's a huge part of it. And then obviously getting uh, professional massages. We live pretty close to the awesome folks at Movement Restoration, which I've had Trish and Brent on the podcast as well. So I do believe in uh, legit uh, massage and tissue work from them on top of the normal foam rolling and uh, mobility that I do on my own. So that, my friends, in a nutshell, is pretty much how my uh, my training and eating and kind of uh, rest and recovery is uh, has been breaking down here. Obviously, there's stuff outside of this that we do, hiking, riding bikes, uh, paddle boarding, just going for walks and doing normal you know, I guess human shit, but that for the most part would, uh, would be my day. And again, I don't, hopefully I didn't kind of gloss over anything. If I did feel free to reach out to me, obviously on the training days, I like to do some of the strength days, bodybuilding style. Uh, 
Uh, I can always mess with the rep ranges. Sometimes I do them more uh, circuit-based. Sometimes I do them more uh, metabolic-based where we do AMRAMPs. But I'm always getting the core principles in no matter how I chop them and serve them. And that's what I'm driving at is it really doesn't matter how you do it as long as you feel you like the direction of where your training is going. You're getting the, the muscles enough stimulus uh, they're getting enough work. You're enjoying the process of what's going on, and it's just time efficient. And uh, like I said, I, I'm here being active seven days a week in, in some way, shape, or form, but I live here, uh, and I work here, and this is my profession and what I do. For a lot of you guys, we've talked about it before. I don't want to rehash it, but if you can be active every day, just walking and doing mobility a couple days a week and getting three legitimate you know, total body workouts in per week, 30 minutes, three by 52, I think you're going to be okay. If you have aspirations of being way more fit, you know, strong, jacked, shredded, or a different performance goal, obviously you have to do a little bit more work uh, outside of that. And that's okay too. But you don't have to spend your whole life in the gym. You don't have to give up everything just for your fitness. Like I said before, that's not the goal here. The goal is for you to take the skills that you learn in the gym and apply them outside of the gym in all your other activities in life. Don't let your fitness steal your fitness and sure, don't let your fitness die in the gym. It's not worth it. Unless it's really what you love to do and you love to just grind and, and do training and you're just training to train and that's fine too. But ultimately, you'd want it to be able to take you through life and do all these different things that so many people you know, I guess aren't able to do as they get older because they haven't, you know, made the time to be mobile, to do tissue work, to strength train, to do aerobic work. And I think everything's needed. If you're a person who just loves to do, you know, straight lifting, bodybuilding stuff, I think you guys should probably do more aerobic work. If you're the person who just loves like, you know, hit classes, if you will, or Zumba and running around, I think you should do more strength work. It's always the things that you're not integrating, you probably need more of. And the things you're not naturally good at, you should probably be throwing more of them into your life as you go. So finding a rhythm and a flow that works for you and then finding a specific eating style that works as well, that fits with what you want to do. Again, it's all individualized. I know a lot of you just ask me. Uh, and again, I've been doing this for a long time. I'm 38 years old, I'm six foot two, I'm 200 and... I think 15 pounds uh, at the doctor last. Uh, I could be heavier for sure. I could be lighter for sure. But I like this mold. Uh, I feel good here. I feel like this is uh, sustainable uh, for the long haul or until I just you know get sick of it or tired or, or don't want to do it or who knows what will happen. But I, I like the way that I look. I like the way that I feel. I like the way that I'm moving. Uh, I have a good uh, level of strength, I have a good level of muscle, I can perform and do all the things that I need to do. And there's certain things I'm going to keep working on and integrating into my life and seeing where, uh, where things take me. But uh, I'm happy here. And I think a lot of you can integrate many of the things I'm doing, whether it's doing mobility every day or doing, you know, hangs when you get into the gym, or, you know, throwing in a dry January, or making sure you get a legitimate amount of sleep, or throwing in, you know, 100 kettlebell swings a day for 100 days, or maybe you're going to do 50 push-ups for the next 50 days. I, who knows? I've done so many of those protocols. The thing is, just play with it. Audit what you're doing and what didn't work in the past, and work on throwing in things that are going to help you in the future. 
and just do discovery, man. And the last thing I'll say is just get lost in play. Do things you like. Find a coach you like. Find a community that you like. Find activities you enjoy doing to be active. Because the truth is, I don't want every day to be a grind. Some days will be, some days won't. But you have to be active. You just do. Uh, movement is medicine. I did a podcast uh, this morning with uh, Dr. Lauren Latanza. It'll be on, I think it's the Heart Health Podcast. I'll share it uh, on our newsletter when it comes out. I said the same thing to her audience this morning. I'm like, movement's medicine, man. It really is. And I don't feel good every day. I've lived through in the last two years just like you guys, and I have my own you know, physical and, and mental uh, issues like everyone else. And there's some days where I feel like shit. And the last thing I want to fucking do is come in here and work out. But I always do. I do it anyway. And uh, I just say train through it, man. And I always feel better when it's done. I always have my endorphins running. I always have a high. I always just feel glad that I put the effort in. And, you know, just more more deposits in the bank. And uh, I think you guys will be the same way. And on those days, if you feel like you don't want to do what's on the program, just do the things you like. Just play with fitness and have fun with it. You're, you're more inclined, you know, to be successful and be motivated when you enjoy what you're doing or who you're doing it with and the people you're surrounded by. That's why I always say having a goal, having a community, and having a coach with some accountability is crucial to moving forward. That's why we run a 47-day transformation. That's why I still, you know, that's why I bought this fucking building so people could come in here and have a place where they felt like people gave a shit that they showed up and people could answer their questions. It could give them some direction um, of how to live healthier and and have a better life. Because if you're not moving, you're making a fundamental error. You have to move your body around. You are not meant to wake up, you know, take a shower, go through your morning routine, and then just sit in a car to an office and sit on your ass. Or now, get up to your normal routine, walk to your home office, and sit on your ass for 10 hours, and then just fill your body with food and booze. That's not it, man. That's not the solution. And for a lot of people, I'm generalizing here, just moving more would solve a lot of your physical problems. I, I'm not speaking for everyone listening, so don't get super crazy. But if you find yourself sitting on your ass for 8, 9, 10 hours a day, and you look at your watch if you have one, or you look at your step counter, and you've taken 2,000 steps, and you haven't broken a sweat, and that's most days, that's the fundamental problem. You do not have to do what I do. That would be crazy. But just start somewhere. Start building those small practices over time. And if you fucked up the last two years, because I don't know, you lived through the dumpster fire with me, that's okay. You probably did just your best to navigate through the stress of your job and kids and the economy and the virus and whatever the hell else came your way. And if you, you messed up and made a mistake, that's fine. I talked about this on Instagram yesterday. That's okay. You can't change that. You can't go back in the past and do anything about it. But if you're willing to commit to some small habit changes moving forward, there is way better stuff ahead of you than any of the shit that you left behind. There really is. And if you made him a couple mistakes, that's okay. If you made the same mistake 100 times, that is no longer a mistake. That's called a decision. And you have to own that. I'm going to say it again. If you made a couple of mistakes, that's okay. If you've made the same mistake 100 times, 
Always late night stacking. Always giving in to booze. Always sleeping in. Always making excuses of why you couldn't work out. That's not a mistake anymore. That's a decision. You're deciding not to be active. You're deciding not to make your health a priority. You're deciding that you don't give a shit about what happens. And that is on you. And you can own that. And that's the beauty of it. You're in control. You're the CEO of everything you do, of everything you put in your body, of every day you work out or don't work out, of every day you sleep in, of every day you skip what you're supposed to do. You are in control of that. And that is an amazing place to be. Because if you don't like it, you can change it. And hopefully you can take a couple of these things that I shared on your journey with you. And if you want me to go into more detail on any of these, I'm happy to do so as we move forward, but hopefully it painted a clear picture for you guys and, and gave you a little bit uh, a little bit of a sense of direction. Um, and uh, hopefully you can use some of these. And again, it's, this is not for me to share and say, do what I do, but everything I've done in my life and this is what's created the mold that I'm in today. And it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort, takes a lot of energy, and takes a lot of dedication and sacrifice. And, and everybody's not willing to do it. And that's what separates you probably from everybody else is that you're willing to, to do the work. You're willing to eat. You're willing to train. You're willing to sleep. You're willing to make your personal health and your body a priority where most other people put it on the back burner. Don't be those people. Don't spend your entire life building up somebody else's company or just chasing money and accolades and career goals at the cost of your health because you're going to find yourself at 30 40 50 60 trying to buy back your health from all the years that you neglected it it doesn't have to be that way you can actually do both you just have to cut out some lower return activities and replace them with being physically active and actually just taking time uh, to think about what you're putting in your body every day so thank you guys as always again reminder if you happen to be on apple podcasts or spotify now you can drop us a five-star on both Apple Podcasts. You can leave a comment. I love seeing them, but drop it a five-star. Share this with anybody um, you think it can help, obviously, um, or if they want to know how crazy I am, there you go. And uh, like I said, our 47-Day Transformation is kicking off here in just over 24 hours. If you guys want to check it out, 47daytransformation.com. We have a small podcast discount code I can share with you if you want to get on, but you got to hit me up ASAP if you want to get down with that. And uh, all our sponsors are in the show notes. I will have Colleen Fosh on the podcast on Sunday. If you want to listen to an elite athlete, you know, one of the best to ever do it uh, in terms of CrossFit, you're talking Olympic caliber uh, athlete here who is uh, coming back from an ACL tear, which we'll dig into that, what her training looked like before, what it looked like after, how her road to recovery has been and all those things. So I think if you guys have ever had an injury or something that is, you know, drug you down. Uh, I think it'll be a great episode for you to listen to. Uh, I don't know what she'll say. I've only been uh, texting with her this time, but I know she was on the cusp of, uh, you know, making the Olympics. And this uh, torn ACL, I think, uh, stole that dream from her, which really sucks. And I felt uh, like I got, you know, just punched in the nuts when uh, she posted that she had tore her ACL. So this will be the first time I'm seeing her. It'll be awesome. She's a great human. She's very smart, intelligent, and uh, I think you guys will get a lot out of it. So that'll come out on Sunday, and uh, I guess tune in then. So thank you guys as always. I wish you an awesome start to 2022. If nothing else, just have your goals set. Make sure you're you know active, and uh, just really you know have your intentions focused on what you want to get 
out of the start of this year. And all you can do is take it one day at a time, like uh, all of us. So until next time, you guys, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.